0: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a five part podcast series I am putting on this week around the issue of what is a corporate monitor. This podcast series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which was founded in 2004 and provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally across all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitors on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 700 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help you improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. This week, together with Vincent deciani the CEO of Affiliated Monitors, and Eric Feldman, SVP at Affiliated Monitors, we're going to take a look at five separate topics of what is a corporate monitorship. We're going to start with that topic, then move to what is a post-resolution corporate monitorship, then consider what is a pre-settlement monitorship, In episode four, we are going to consider what issues a company should consider when thinking about retaining a monitor. And finally, in episode five, we'll consider monitorship costs and how this issue should be handled. It's a fascinating exploration of really that basic question what is a corporate monitor? How can you use it? This is the podcast series which every compliance practitioner needs to listen to so that you'll have a fuller understanding of what a monitorship is and how you can use a monitorship, hopefully before you get to the point where you're in an FCPA violation. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. This special five-part episode of What is a Corporate Monitor is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I am here with a five-part episode about corporate monitorship. Over the This five podcast series, I am joined by Vincent DiCiani, the president and founder of Affiliated Monitors, Inc., and Eric Feldman, the senior vice president of Affiliated Monitors. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm back for episode four in my five-part podcast series with Affiliated Monitors about corporate monitorships. Today, I'm visiting with Eric Feldman, the senior vice president and managing director, Corporate Ethics and Compliance Programs on Affiliated Monitors. Today, we're going to take up the topic of what issues should a company consider when uh, thinking about bringing on a corporate monitor? Eric, as always, welcome. And uh, what, were you, what are your thoughts on that question?
1: Well, it is a great question, uh, Tom. And, and often we see that uh, this is where companies uh, can either make or break uh, the monitorship is in deciding up front – What are, what do they want to get out of it? And really, the first question that you really have to ask from a company perspective is what are you trying to get out of this monitorship? What is required by the agreement? And what are you as a company trying to do? And the most critical piece of it is to understand the philosophy of the potential candidates. To be the monitor, Uh, you know, it used to be and we still see some of this where monitors are selected based on their notoriety or uh, are are they a household name, Um, someone that, you know, kind of exudes credibility. Uh, We've seen that in the past with using certain uh, former congressmen and former agency heads uh, to be the monitor. Uh, But even more important than that, and I think that history has shown this in the use of monitors, is asking the question, what kind of philosophy do you as a monitor have? Are you coming in to further investigate the company or the organization? Are you trying to see if we're being good and perhaps catch us and, and do a gotcha on any additional issues which might be going on? Or is the purpose in your mind as a monitor remedial? Are you really here to help us be a better company? And philosophy, in my view, is the number one issue when considering a monitor. The second is value. Uh, Yes, if a monitor is required as a result of an agreement, you got to get a monitor. But that doesn't mean that Since you're paying for it as a company, that the company ought not be getting the maximum value it can get from the expertise, the independence, um, and the viewpoints of what the monitor can provide. So the issue of what kind of value can I get out of this internally, can the monitor help my business, help my nonprofit, help my uh, practice? If you're a uh, uh, in a professional practice, um, and and I think that a lot of organizations don't look at the value; they just react to the requirement to go out and get a monitor. Um, the third issue would be expertise. What kind of expertise are you looking for? Um, in, in my view, the number one area of expertise you're looking for is expertise in monitoring. Uh, because any other kind of subject matter expertise can easily be provided as part of that team and good monitoring teams are made up of people that understand how to monitor that have done it many, many times uh, can do it efficiently and effectively, both cost effectively and in terms of disruption of the organization Um, and, and Instead of just hiring a recognized expert in the field, hire an organization that knows how to monitor, and they can also bring on the expertise if needed. Uh, And then the the other area that I haven't mentioned but is intrinsic in the whole issue of monitoring is you've got to have a monitor that is independent and conflict-free. Because if not, then the value of the findings, the value of the entire uh, effort can be at risk. And we've seen this over time in organizations uh, that bring in monitors that uh, you know, may, within their broader organizational structure, have some kind of a conflict within the industry or within that company.
0: So, Eric, um, you mentioned uh, one thing that really struck me, which is was your point number three, the expertise in monitoring. And it struck me because it made me realize that monitoring, and, and you did uh, articulate this, is not simply being a subject matter expert in compliance, export, you name the topic, it's really an expertise in the entire monitoring relationship. Could you really, uh, perhaps explain uh, the, the different types of uh, professional expertise a monitor either has to have or, or, or a professional monitor brings?
1: Sure. Uh, and there is a particular expertise. You're right. Um, a, a monitor needs to understand how to conduct an evaluation. And that means how to plan it, how to create a work plan that's going to be cost effective, that's going to get the job done and get the information that's needed. Um, The monitor needs to uh, be one that can socialize the work plan with the company and with the government. Uh, The monitor has to have experience in balancing the interests of the government and the company. And that can be like it's walking a tightrope uh, between the two organizations. And the monitor really has to be skilled in doing that in order to ensure that the monitorship goes smoothly. The monitor no, has to know how to interview people uh, and document those interviews and have a system to document them and collect that kind of information. We're increasingly finding that monitorships require. Um, data expertise, data gathering, and data analytics in order in order to demonstrate whether a company is or is not in compliance with some complex requirements that are making their way into different agreements. Uh, also conducting focus groups of employees. That's a skill set. Not everyone can do that. Um, and not, in any, not even ev- anyone or everyone, on a monitoring team has that skill. We bring in specific people on our team that know how to get information out of employees, how to draw from their experiences and get them to open up uh, in a way which they would not do with their own company and their own managers and supervisors. Um, and then there's the writing of the report. Uh, there's no value added If there's not a clearly written, uh, factually based uh, monitoring report at the end of the process that makes recommendations that logically flow from the information gathered and are culturally appropriate for that particular company, there is no one size fits all for the reporting or for the recommendations.
0: So, Eric, in terms of the uh, uh, value, we've uh, touched on that uh, a little bit in this episode and indeed in some prior episodes. But to the corporation which receives the monitorship, uh, the, excuse me, the monitor, both report and information, it would seem to me that there are several levels of value. One could be a, uh, a reduction of a potentially uh, potential a uh, criminal fine, uh, criminal or civil fine or penalty, but it also could be a much more positive return on investment, where information can actually lead to a company operating more efficiently and hopefully at the end of the day more profitably. Do all of those um, different concepts fall within the ambit and remit of a monitor?
1: Uh, absolutely. In our view, there always needs to be some kind of demonstrated value or ROI, really, return on investment of the expenditure uh, to bring a monitor in. Yes, it's required, uh, but typically the presence of a monitor looking at uh, the the remediation of problems that led to uh, the initial government interest or government prosecution or action against the organization. The remedial uh, actions and whether they're effective, that adds value to the company. It prevents future problems within the company. It helps to increase, for example, or improve internal controls. Uh, We find that particularly in the anti-corruption topic that companies come out better because they have better anti-corruption controls at the end of the day. Uh, It's better for the internal discipline of the company. It helps save money and resources, uh, and it adds to their credibility uh, going forward with the government. There's also another interesting um, factor involving value in a company, and that's that the actual uh, methods that we use to do the monitoring, to go in and talk to employees, uh, to do employee surveys, to do interviews, that alone can have something of a cathartic effect on the company's employees uh, and on the mood and the morale in the company. And we've seen that over and over again when employees see that the company cares enough to bring in a firm that asks their opinions on what works and what doesn't work. And ask their opinions about whether their managers are creating an uh, an open environment to communicate issues uh, and to report issues. Uh, it helps improve the company. And as we know, better morale in the company improves the bottom line.
0: Eric, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time. Uh, I've been visiting today with Eric Feldman, the Senior Vice President and Managing Director, Corporate Ethics and Compliance Programs with Affiliated Monitors. We've been discussing the issues that a company should consider when thinking about retaining a monitor. Eric, as always, uh, thanks a lot. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this exploration of what is a corporate monitor. I hope you join us again for another episode. If you have any questions, you can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. If you have any questions around what is a corporate monitor, please check out Affiliated Monitors website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Thanks again for listening.